Praise God. Well, let's look at Isaiah 54, 17 this evening. Isaiah 54, 17, we're going to cover a few things here. It says, verse 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. In the NIV, it says no weapon forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. This is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. In the Amplified Classic, it says, But no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. Look at the, the second part of that. Let's go back to verse 17 and just read into the second part of that. It says, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that ri- shall rise against you in judgment you shall show to be in the wrong. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And let's look at it uh, one more in the CEV. In the CEV translation, it says, Weapons made to attack you won't be successful. Words spoken against you won't hurt at all. My servants, Jerusalem is yours. I, the Lord, promise to bless you with victory. So we see protection here. And it says, Any weapon that's formed against you, It's not going to work. It won't prosper. Here it says, any weapons made to attack you, they won't be successful. And then anything, any words spoken against you, they won't hurt at all. They won't prosper. Uh, You will refute every tongue that accuses you. We're talking about protection. The protection of the Lord. And he said, this heritage belongs to the servants of the Lord. And Amplified, it said this peace, because when you know that nothing can hit you, there's peace there. Somebody may be brewing an attack. And we're not talking about just spears or, you know, weapons or, you know, they, they had then, I mean, or we could, you know, guns or, or things. That, that's part of it. Heart, bodily harm. But somebody could be, you know, uh, ramping up an attack against you, smearing you saying things behind you, your back, or, or trashing you, or coming against your business, or coming against your family. The Bible says it, it won't prosper. It's not going to do anything. 
And there's peace there. It says this peace, this righteousness, this security, triumph over opposition, that belongs to the servants of God. Now, this is spoken in the Old Covenant. We live in a better covenant. How much more? So we can believe these things. When you read the Old Testament, you read it in light of the New Testament. That'll solve a lot of of issues right there. People get into all kinds of questions. and What about this and this? You've got to go back and interpret it in light of the New Testament. What do we know as truth now? The Bible is progressive revelation. And so people have gotten more and more revelation of God as they go through. And there's older books in the Bible where you can tell they don't, you know, they just, just have a glimpse of things. In the, old, in the Old Testament or the Old, what we would call the Old Testament, not even the Old Covenant, but the whole book, the whole Old Testament, they don't even know for the most part there's a devil. It's mentioned a few times, but most part they think everything's God. So we know there's a devil. We know the reality. We know he's defeated. We know all this. So now you, when you go back and read the Old Testament, you look at it in light of the New Testament. That's how you interpret it. You don't take it on its own. You spend all your time in the Old Testament, you, you know, just there, you're going to get confused and you're going to get legalistic. Because we're not living there anymore. You got you to interpret it in light of the New. But this applies to us you know, in the new covenant, and there's security, there's triumph over opposition, there is uh, protection from bodily harm, there's protection from people accusing you. If we're a servant of God, a child of God, we live um, and we walk in His ways, not talking about living it perfectly, your heart is after Him, and you go after Him and, and walk in His ways, you are under protection. It doesn't matter because we need to know this. I mean, in this realm that we live in, in, in this time we live in, um, you know, it's dangerous. There's just so much in the world and people can get in such, you know, individuals are tempted to get into fear. You know, crime I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, crime, violent crime was going down for decades, and it's gone up the last few years. Wonder why. There's been a lot going on, a lot of people pent up, but it's, it's been going up. Well, if, you're ju- if it's just you, and you, you, know, you, just, it, 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 you don't realize there's a God, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. It can cause strike fear in the heart of people, and it does. People don't know, they, you know... We, What's going to happen? We don't, we don't know the future, but if you're just talking naturally, people get so, uh, it's tempting to get so anxious and fearful and what's going to happen to my family and, you know, uh, they see things on the news and could that happen to me? And we need to know that God, if we'll, when we're serving Him, that there's, His protection is around us from every form of attack. Anything. And that brings peace. And it brings calm and it brings security. Because he has not changed. He's not going anywhere. Doesn't matter what's on the news. He's the same. And he doesn't ever leave us. He's always with us. Look at Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. It says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear 
nor be afraid of them. For the Lord, your guys talking about some enemies of Israel and um, how they're going to go out against him. And, and that's the context. It says, for the Lord, your God, he is the one who goes with you. The, don't, he said, don't be afraid of these guys. For the Lord, your God, he is the one that goes with you, who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That's what we need to know. And if he's going with us, then you can see why there would be protection. If the Lord is with us, his angels, will see that, are with us, then we don't need to fear anything because he's with us. If he's with us. And we get that, the more we understand that, the more there's security and peace. It doesn't really matter who's out there. If the Almighty is with me, it really doesn't matter who comes against, because no weapon can prosper against him, therefore no weapon can prosper against me. Hebrews 13, uh, 5 and 6 quotes this. It says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So he said, I, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So then we can say, because he's with me. Then I can say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? In the Amplified Classic, it says, so we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. You ever see any, anybody on the earth right now being seized with alarm? That, that gives a picture, doesn't it? I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Why is it saying that? Because the Lord's with me. So then what can man do to me? Well, he can't do anything. If, we'll, if we're aware of that and we look to him and it says we can take comfort, we can be encouraged, we can confidently and boldly say this. Let's look at Psalm 91. Before we go to Psalm 91, let's go over to <clears throat> Psalm 3, verse 1. I, read, I want to read a couple other. We'll, we'll read through Psalm 91, but I want to read a few other verses. Psalm 3, verse 1 says, Lord, how they have increased to trouble me. This is David speaking. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. They're saying, God isn't going to even help you. There's no help. Verse 3, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. But you, O Lord, you're the shield. You're the shield. If he's the shield, see, he's a shield. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against me. 
judgment. I'll, I'll show to be in the wrong. Why? Because the Lord's my shield. And it cannot be penetrated. The Lord is my shield. It says, He's the, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and He heard me from His holy hill. You, verse 3, you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. You're the one I look to. You're the one that brings up my head. You know, this is David. He's getting, people are coming against him. They're betraying him. And he's saying, there's many people that are coming up against me. And he said, but you're my shield. And you will lift my head. You know, gives the picture of, you're down like that. And no, you're. You're the God. You're the one that lifts my head. Psalm 32, verse 6 says, For this cause everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters they shall not come near him. Verse 7, You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. You're my hiding place. You're the one I go to. You preserve me from trouble. Notice, He does it. He does it. Doesn't mean there's always, there's nothing you do in the natural. There may be steps you take in the natural. Things you, you need to do. You know, you may need to get a lawyer. You may need to deal with an accountant. You may need to, you know, do some natural things, but that's not your trust. There's just, you know... We don't go to the opposite extreme and be like, well, it doesn't matter. No, sometimes you just need to take care of business, but you're not without help. You know in the midst of that, God's the one that's your true shield. Because you can have the highest you know, power lawyer and you can still lose. But if you're just led to get the right one and you just walk along with the Lord, He's your real shield. He's the one that we look to. He's our hiding place. He's going to preserve us from trouble. So we're not without help ever. He will preserve us from trouble. We're not looking, we're not thinking we are, you know, uh, naked in the sense of without protection. Like, well, whatever, you know, the same as people just walking in the earth without God. No. There's a supernatural protection, a supernatural hiding place that we can depend on Him. It, it, it's beyond our understanding, but if we'll look to Him, then, like we read in um, Isaiah, even if weapons are formed against us, even if people do start attacking, I, I'm trusting Him to protect. It says, you, He shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength. See, when there's, when there's push, when there's pressure, when there's, you know, something comes against us in one form or another... That's when we need to say, no, God is my refuge. You know, sometimes 
people believe that if, if, they, if they're walking by faith, they'll never have a challenge. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's when you go into gear and that we exercise our faith. If something comes against us, then we say, well, this is what I believe. I'm going to walk with God in this area. We're saying, no, God is our refuge. So what, when do you need a refuge? Because there's stuff coming. There's a pressure. There's a push. There's an attack. We need to know that He's our, our refuge. Verse 1 there says, God is our refuge and our strength. He's our refuge and He's our strength. Don't ever, we don't, we don't say, I, I just, I'm not strong enough. I'm weak. This is, this, this is too much. Don't say that. Now we've all fallen. We've all made mistakes, but, but go, we don't have to. We can say, no, God is my refuge and He's my strength. I, I, in Him, I, I can be strong because He's protecting me. His protection's real. He's the one that's my refuge. He's the one that's my hiding place. He's the one that's my shield. The Bible said, I can be strong in the Lord. It says to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, not just in my strength, not in my willpower, not in my ability. God is our refuge and strength of very present help in trouble. He's, he's present. He didn't check out. He didn't go away. He's always present. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. So it doesn't matter what the problem is. Doesn't matter if it's at work. Doesn't matter if it's in school. Doesn't matter if it's just, you know, with some community thing, um, financial, if it's medical. God is a very present help in trouble. Notice, in trouble, he's a help. In trouble, that means there's trouble. You know, we just want to think, well, just, we're just going to smooth sailing all the time. Thank God for that. And we're not, you, you don't have to confess anything bad happening to you. You live in a world where there will be challenges, and that's when we just say, well, the word's true, and he is my present help now. He's not going to leave me nor forsake me, so man can't do anything to me, and I am going to believe him. Verse 2 says, therefore, we will not fear. Therefore, why? Because he's a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Notice this. Even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swellings, describing big stuff going on, says we're still not going to fear. We're not going to fear. You know, when something seems to rattle, in our lives, when something comes and it seems, well, no, this is the time to be afraid. No, that's the time to press into God and look to Him as our refuge and say, He's my shield now. It doesn't matter if, if the, you know, notice the type of things it's talking about. We, we won't fear even though the earth is removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though big stuff's going on, God's still on the throne. And He's still my God. And He's my refuge and He's my protection from anything. He is my protection. And so I can be at peace. I can be calm. I can be secure. I mean, that's real security when stuff's coming down. Psalm 91, verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him. I will trust. I'm going to trust in Him. I'm going to trust in Him. He is my refuge. He's my fortress. Verse 3, Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. So all these things that it's describing coming against, Isaiah said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. So it doesn't matter what the weapon looks like. There's a song from decades ago. No matter what the weapon is, how does it go? Weapon is? Is that all it says? There's some freight, but it's like no matter what the weapon is, I win, basically, but it's much more ca- it's catchier than that. <laughs> Is it, I want you to know that I win? It doesn't matter. I want you to know that I win. Verse 3. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. It doesn't matter what's going on. You know, pestilence is disease. Verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Why wouldn't you be afraid of these things? Because he's our refuge. Because he's our shield. Because we're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. So then, none of these things are moving us. None of these things are causing fear. None of these things are causing unrest. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Shall not. Everybody say, shall not. That's as strong as it gets, as far as the English language. It, you, it, it shall not means it, it won't, it will not. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. It shall not. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Verse 8, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Verse 10, no evil shall befall you. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Again, no weapon formed against you. Doesn't matter what the name is, doesn't matter how it looks, no weapon... Formed against us, will prosper, will succeed. No, verse 10, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Let's uh, go, we'll come back to this in verse 11, but look at Matthew 20. 6, 
verse 47. We'll just touch on this. This is where Jesus, they're, they're coming to get Jesus in the garden. I want you to notice what he said here. Matthew 26, verse 47, it says, While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Verse 48, Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he's the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Verse 50, But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Verse 52, But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? Verse 55, in that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple and you did not seize me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled and then all the disciples forsook him and fled. But go back to verse 52. It says, but Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place for all take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? Jesus is saying, look, I, in the, you know, in the other, in John, it says, well, it's Peter. Peter went and tried to cut off, he cut off um, the ear of one of the people attacking Jesus. And Jesus is saying, put your sword away. Don't you know, I could call my father and this would be done. In, in, uh, in John, uh, when they came up, it gives you a little bit more information. When they were coming up to get him, when they asked to, uh, when they came and, came and uh, started talking to him, they said, he asked them, who are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And they all fell backwards. He just said, I am. I mean, he's God. And they just fell on, their, on, on, the, on the ground. And then they got back up and then they took him. Well, it's clearly, if, if he wasn't laying down his life, they're not taking him. There was other times where Jesus, they, were, they decided they're going to push him off a cliff, and he just walked right back through them. They said he hid himself and went through. They could not take his life. Until this point, up to the point they're trying to take his life, they were falling backwards trying to take him, and it was clear who was in command. And he said, put your sword away. Don't you know if I called him my father, he, there'd be 12 legions of angels, and this thing would be over. So Jesus laid down his life, and he was never in danger. Go back to Psalm 91. Look at uh, verse 11. It said, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash 
your foot against the stone, against the stone. That applies to us. There are angels that are protecting us. And just not to, to get in this too far, but just sometimes people have questions. Like, well, this happened to so-and-so, and this happened. When we read the Bible, see, Jesus laid down his life, but they could not take him until then. And the disciples, different disciples, uh, died deaths like, like Jesus, but they were laying down their lives. They were, their lives were not taken from them. Those are two different things. See, to be consistent, if you look at Scripture, how can God be your refuge and be protecting you all the time, but then some guy, you know, some criminal can just go and take you out? That doesn't, that doesn't mesh. That's, that is not logically consistent. It's not scripturally consistent. That Satan does not have, how can we have the authority of the believer and have authority over the devil, but then be afraid of somebody that's godless come and just take somebody out? And then people will say, well, that was God's will. That was not God's will. Now, we need, to, we need to follow after him. It's important. We need to know we're protected, though. It's not consistent to be like, we're protected, but then, oh, something could just happen. No. When you see, Jesus could not be taken until he laid his life down. And so we have the angels protecting us. You can, in this, but it's important that you be where you're supposed to be. Uh, I had a, I've told this story before, this account. When I was in the Philippines, um, went on a missions trip for the, to the Philippines uh, for nine, ten days. And um, the gentleman that uh, pastored the church over there that was hosting us, pastored a large church, church in Manila, and then had at that point 19 or 20 other satellite churches that they had founded. And today it's uh, tens more than that, I don't know, 40, 50, something like that. But he would, he would go down into um, the slums in Manila. He, and then he had another friend that if he was over, they would go down. But he would just go down there and he would just minister to people. And when we were down there in the slums of Manila, we were, we were going out there for a day. And it was, you know, it was, there's trash in the water. There's houses made of trash. It was just not good. And we had an armed guard with us. And he said, that's for you guys. He goes, I don't know what, I don't know you. I don't know why you're, you know, you're on a missions trip, but I don't know your background. This is to protect you. And he wasn't saying this in an arrogant way at all. He said he would come down with his friend and they would walk around just them. But he said, I'm called here. I'm supposed to be here and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And there's protection. He's not afraid whatsoever to walk around with people that it's not a good place to walk around. You don't do that arrogantly. You don't, don't, don't get an arrogance and pride. It's a trap. Well, I, I have the protection of God, so therefore I can do whatever. You have the protection of God. So then we go where God would tell us to go. Don't get flippant with it. It's not you. Not me. So we'd be like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, that's, that's tempting things. That's, that's not a good attitude. People. They're like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm protected. I can do, I'm protected by the Lord. And so I'm submitting to him and Lord, what would you have me to do? Don't get in my flesh. That, that could be a trap. But on the other hand, we need to be very confident and know when I'm looking to him, I, if I, I want to do what God has called me to do, he's my refuge and my fortress and nothing can touch me doing that. 
The devil will try to tell you. So the devil will try to flip it and be like, oh, make this narrative so if you're going to really serve God, then you have it in for you. He's good. No, that's exactly where you want to be. Satan can't touch you. Now, that, there can be persecution, can be stuff coming against you, but you still keep winning. I mean, they came at Paul with everything, and they just couldn't stop him. Talk about Energizer Bunny. I mean, he just, he got stoned, he got beaten, and he just, boom. So that's our, that's our attitude, that we can be confident that God's protection is available to us, that He's our refuge, that He's our fortress, He's our hiding place, He's our shield, and that no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. doesn't matter what that weapon looks like. could be a very natural weapon. could look like a lawsuit. Sorry, I'm doing what I'm called to do. That's not going to touch me. Slander could be somebody trying to take you out at work or try to, you know, say something again to your boss or whatever. You don't have to worry about that. There's freedom in that. You don't have to try to defend yourself. I mean, if there's a process where you need to defend yourself, fine, but you don't need to go out your way like in fear trying to head something off. We don't have to do that because we can trust him. Verse 11, Psalm 91, verse 11, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Verse 12, In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So we're protected. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. These are all very positive uh, black and white statements. It's not, you don't have to be scared in fear like, well, I just don't know. Will God, won't he? That's religion. And let me just say another thing. You have to be careful about what you watch, even if it has a Christian label on it. There are a whole lot of Christian movies. I'm not, I'm not coming against people, I, their hearts or anything, but I'm talking about doctrine and I'm talking about belief system. When you look at certain movies or, or books or narratives, but there are a whole lot of movies that are, are faith, what they would call faith-based but there are a whole lot of them that have tragedy in them, and it's a lot about uh, some tragedy happens to some Christian family, or the child dies, or the mother dies, father, and but they're going to believe God through it, but there's no sense of God's protection. There's this sense that whatever happened, God's just working His plan out. we got to trust Him anyway. That will put pictures in your head. You don't need a picture of something happening to a loved one that, that was not what God's will is whatsoever. Because you know what Satan will say? That could happen to you. They were believing God. They were a Christian. That's, those are smoke screens and mirrors. This is a story and somebody's doctrine. Again, I'm not, I'm not you know my heart. I'm not saying this to, to put anybody down. I'm talking about the, the, what the Bible says. When we look at, at, at any kind of um, story, movie, it, it's somebody writing something from a perspective 
and uh, uh, their doctrine is go, belief system will be imprinted on it. And so we have to realize that those things are affecting our mind. They can get into uh, our thoughts. And then when you come up against a situation, you want the word. You want this playing in your head, not, well, that person was trying to serve God. And I mean, they got in a car accident and they died. And why did that happen? And that, that's exactly what the enemy would have you to believe. Rather than, I'm protected. And angels have been given charge over me. Amen. Just, if something isn't edifying, turn it off. Just go, go, it doesn't matter what the label is. Sometimes, um, you know, you're watching something that doesn't have, and I'm not knocking Christian, I know there's a lot of good efforts, and, and again, that we're not knocking those things, you just have to be careful, because when, um, Push comes to shove when you're in a stressful situation. Sometimes those things can come back. Sometimes it's easier to watch something that doesn't pretend to be Christian whatsoever. Not saying that you should watch something bad, but they're not saying that this person served God and something happened. It's sometimes just like, you're, you're in your mind, you're, that's separate. But when it's like, no, they were doing everything just like you, and that happened, it could happen to you, is the insinuation. The devil plays dirty. All right, let's wrap this up. Verse 15, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Verse 16, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is a very positive statement, and what that means is if you're not satisfied, you're not going anywhere. It doesn't mean you get taken out early then, right? I mean, how else can you, can you read it? The Bible says he's going to protect you, protect you, protect you. This won't take you out. This won't take you out. This won't take you out. And you're going to have long life. Well, that, that, that undermines anything that would say anything. That, well, you just never know. You might get taken out. No, religion, lies, that's, that's inspired by the devil. We, we shun that. This is the word. And we believe that, and we believe it strongly. And this, when, when, you, when a thought comes to you, you see something on the news, or a thought pops into you about your child or your spouse, and it's trying to paint a picture of something bad that's going to happen. If you're alone, say it out loud, but at least say it in your mind. Say, that will never happen to me. That will never happen to my child. That's a lie. Don't start, don't buy it, don't start playing it over, because the devil's subtle, he'll try to bring you stuff. That's just like, well, this could happen. Try to get you to think that's what's going to happen. And we reject it, and we believe what the Word said, and we know that we are protected. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Amen. Any tongue, every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we will condemn, we will show to be in the wrong. It will have no effect. Amen.